0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Get the champagne ready. The
2: NBA finals are here. Welcome to the NBA finals. Let's raise our glasses and our rings to the two phenomenal teams left standing. My goodness! Here's the high stakes action to thrilling moments. We can't miss. He ties the to crowning our next champion. Here's a toast to the NBA Finals. The 2024 NBA Finals presented by YouTube TV continue on ABC.
3: Welcome into the Inside Carolina podcast. Special podcast tonight. Folks have been asking me, when are we doing the prediction podcast? Because we have been so good doing these prediction podcasts, we felt like we needed to get together again and do them. And um, I've got some expectations to live up to. Um, I've been consistent, consistently bad in these. So uh, we'll see what we can have. Johnny T-Shirt of course, is our sponsor. Support them, rate them, review them, uh, rate, review us as well. We'll be right back with Prediction Season on in mm. South Carolina. all right boys inside carolina podcast this is fun now i look on my screen here and i see the legends of inside carolina and it's just uh heartwarming heartwarming to me and buck sanders i gotta lead with you this is the prediction show you look forward to this show as much as any of them right buck tell us why absolutely it's just a lot of fun. Uh, and we tabulate the results and
1: we talk junk to each other all year long when we get things wrong. And so
0: (laughs) it, uh,
3: it makes it uh, entertaining internally and externally. And of course we have Jason Staples down there, um, proudly supporting his inside Carolina shirt or or sporting his inside Carolina shirt. Greg Barnes comes in with us. Uh, Greg, hopefully will be a Thursday feature. Uh, Taylor Vipolis, um, if Taylor if Taylor's screen goes dark, uh, do not worry. He will be back shortly. What's going on,
0: Taylor? It's going great. Just got off the pickleball courts, and it's an honor to be on here with uh, you gentlemen tonight. Greg Barnes, what's it like, gentlemen? Gentlemen, yeah.
4: Taylor is aging mm. before us, Tommy. Talking about pickleball. Pickleball.
0: Oh, uh, pickleball really? is a young man's game right now. You go to the court.
3: You need to ask Michael Brooker about playing pickleball and what it's like when you start getting older and play. I think he was on the DL with an ACL on the pickleball court. Leave that stuff to the old people. Buck, let's get this started. Carolina opens the season uh, roughly a week from now, nine days from now, against Florida A&M. Do we all agree that this is a win for the Tar Heels? Everybody raise their hands. Win for Carolina. Any any shot that this is a close football game? Greg Barnes.
4: Uh, no. No, I think the conversation here, Tommy, is is what do we expect out of a North Carolina win? And we can touch on that if you want. But in terms of win-loss, I don't think there's much discussion.
3: Carolina uh, will make news on that day because one of those quarterbacks was tried out there first against florida AM. and i A&M. I'm personally looking forward to the Marching 100 Uh to see how the band breaks it down in keenan stadium to see how it's done but let's move on the season starts in boone and buck i am going to come to you first um, with your first pick at appalachian state i will say this the first time in the 2022 season this is a must win for Matt Brown.
1: <laughs> it wouldn't be you if you didn't say it was a must win <laughs> well as we get started i would note that First and foremost, uh, remind yourself all year long that North Carolina went 0-6 on the road last year. So here's their first road game of 2022, and it's a it's a chance for them to break that trend. We'll see if they do or not. One thing that's a little bit to uh, talk about the things that encouraged me about this game, um, App State is 104th, uh, one, 104th nationally in re- turning defensive production and so if North Carolina has some growing pains to do offensively which I expect they will it's going to help that probably App State is not quite as stout as they normally are there Uh, and for those of you that are uh, stat geeks uh, App State is one of the seven teams in the NC and the FBS that has Um, been in the top 50 in offense and defense for the last three years running. Only six other teams have done that. But um, the other thing that encourages me a little bit is it's the first game for App State and the second game for UNT. Usually you pick up your most games from game one to game two. Final thought is, uh, you know, how will they handle the, the Mountaineers crowd? It's a small stadium, but it's going to be loud and noisy, no question. Um and you know just for the you know record books, uh the tar heels are a five point five favorite on FPI and a two point four favorite on the uh SP plus. And if you go to Jason Staples next, I want to remind him that I have this device uh <laughs> that I am using uh, this year. So when the sands of time run out, so does your uh, commentary there, Jason, per, per pick.
2: Are Let's you sure it. that's not a time-turner? I, 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 I feel like that might give me extra time here if that's no. a time-turner.
3: No, no. There is no off-season, but there is a sand season. So short and sweet, Jason, since he set it up on the tee for you.
2: Yeah, I, I, he actually hit the the main point that I was going to hit on this, which is that this is the second game for Carolina, which I think is a is a big deal here. Uh, The week zero game, I think, actually really gives Carolina a nice benefit in terms of being able to work out the kinks of a first game. Uh, And especially with that really not returning a whole lot of production and experience on offense or on defense. I think that makes a big difference. I think Carolina should win this game. I think they will win this game. And uh, I think that sets a nice tone for the uh, for the season, starting out and zero against, you know, soft first first opponent and then uh, a pretty decent Non-conference, you know, Group of Five team, good a good Group of Five team and a pretty decent team overall. I think they'll they'll get that win.
3: VIP, you're next, and then Greg Barnes.
0: Yeah, the thing I'm looking forward to seeing in this game is like that perceived like strength on strength. App State's strength on their team is their offensive line. They're only replacing one person on their offensive line. Uh, They do have production coming back from there. It was an offensive line that I had last year. They were 12th in the country sacks allowed. And then they were 33rd in the country for rushing offense. And then obviously the talk of this North Carolina defense has been Mac Brown stacking talent on the defensive line. So this is this is going to be a great test early for North Carolina. There's a reason why this spread is two and a half. This is like this has trap game written all over it for like a casual better when they're looking at App and and North Carolina. Um, I I think. If I if I'm picking, I'm picking North Carolina to win this game. I think kind of like Jason said the the fact that this is week two for Carolina um, is is really going to help them. Um, but but I have been in some some tough environments uh, like the ECU game in in 2014 where it's like <laughs> once once one thing goes bad there, it, it can snowball really quick out of control when you have a crowd that's rocking like that. But I think. North Carolina with with App State's defense, I think this is a game where they can kind of lean heavily on um, their own run game and, and kind of control the ball and win this game.
3: i freely admit I've never been to a game at App State, so I don't have any idea what the environment is. I've heard it's pretty raucous, but, Greg, um, does it matter for a North Carolina team going up there? Buck's fact uh, about winless on the road makes should make people a little nervous.
4: Yeah, I completely agree with the idea that this is Carolina's second game versus App State's first. Uh, However, this is App State's first game for the crowd. And Kid Brewer, if you haven't been there, it's a fantastic stadium. Uh, I think it holds 30,000, but they they got 35,000 in for the Wake Forest game a couple years ago. I imagine they'll break that for the Carolina games already sold out. That place is going to be rocking. And Carolina has to be on its P's and Q's early because any momentum in App's favor is really going to help that team. Um, The offense returned seven starters. Chase Bryce had a really good year last year. We knew kind of what he did at Clemson and and Duke wasn't great, but he proved that he could play last year. He's lost a lot of wide receivers. Running backs are good, though. And, yes, the defense lost a lot of production. However, that defense is ranked in the top 30 nationally in scoring defense for seven straight years. Um, they, they know what to do on the defensive side of the ball. Offensively, uh, what's the guy's name? Kevin Barbe from Central Michigan. He's their fifth offensive coordinator in five years. That's potentially a problem. All that to be said, as I've said before, Carolina's going to have to bring their A game to win this one. And if they do, they will win. But if they slip up and, and they allow App State to gain momentum early, maybe get some turnovers, it's going to be a long day in Boone. But I've got Carolina winning this one.
3: All right. Um, I'm, the peer pressure is, is starting to bother me a little bit. Um, Caroline's got to win this game at that. They've got to win. I mean, if, if, if Mac Brown rolls up the App, and Greg, you made the point uh, last week that we discussed your stat. Mac just can't beat players, places he's coached, you know, other than Tulane, I think, a couple of years back in the day. They've got to win. And I think because of the numbers bucked throughout there, and I think because of this defensive line, and because I don't think Chase Bryce is very good. I mean, he was good for a couple throws at Clemson. Um, he was not good at Duke. Um, he's decent. I think Carolina wins the game. To go 2-0 and on the season, I'll tell you this. If they lose, I don't want to be on inside Carolina's message boards for the next week or so because they're going to have to pull a 2015 run if they don't beat App State. Put us down. For wins john bowman what you got i've got and, and just so folks know adam smith and ross martin both have florida a and as wins and app state as wins i'm bringing up the big board for the first time tonight this will what this will be
5: what we use to track picks
2: now on uh, can, can i make a suggestion here real quick as we're going i probably should have done this before we started recording but anybody uh, interested in putting uh, percentages down for these for these games in terms of, of confidence percentages
3: if we do that, Buck's going to have to get a much bigger hourglass.
2: Well, no, it's not. I mean, it's just adding a number.
1: I definitely uh, would need a bigger hourglass. You know, I, I think anybody <laughs> that wants to can qualify their level of, uh, you know, confidence in the, you know, w- whether they're picking team A or team B. But I think we'll make it optional this time around. Next time, maybe we'll we'll go with the probabilities.
2: All righty. Well, I'm 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 going to take that option then. I'm going to go with the, with an eighty uh, percent on on app. I like I like their their odds here.
3: Wow, that's a big one at Georgia State. Before this podcast, I mentioned off air, um, I've got some misgivings about these first three games. Uh, Carolina has found a way to lose a, one of these games like this. Florida A&M won't be a loss, but app and at Georgia State have always seemed to be. Troublesome for Carolina, um, Greg. I'll start with you first. Georgia State, um, pretty good team last year, uh, got whipped by Carolina in Keenan Stadium. Uh, what's the difference this year for Georgia State? Down in, I guess, old Turner Field, or, or excuse me, it's the Braves Field. It's Turner Field, isn't it? That they recreated for Georgia State Stadium.
4: Yeah, I think the game last year in Keenan is kind of. Um, tainted people's opinion of Georgia State. But I think I think some forget that Georgia State had the ball in the third quarter down 14. And then Sam Howell did Sam Howell things and I think led Carolina on five straight touchdown drives. That really blew that game wide open. Um, a couple weeks later, you know, Georgia State goes down to Jordan Hare and lost to Auburn by 10. And then they won seven of the last eight. Uh, to close out the season, including knocking off coastal Carolina, which was in contention for you know a CFP bid. So um, after a slow start, and then they got blasted by Army early and in, in the Carolina game, of course, they really played well. And the problem for Carolina is that Georgia State returns 18 starters. Um, so this is a team that had a lot of confidence closing the year. They're going to have a lot of confidence starting the year, very good rushing attack, solid defensively, and it's on the road. The fact that Carolina has back-to-back road games at Sunbelt schools uh, is quite the anomaly. But I've got Carolina winning this one, although I don't think this is going to be the blowout that it was last year. I think this could be a competitive game.
3: Producer John, I I missed you on the app pick. I'm going Uh lost.
5: First, Uh First surprise of the night, perhaps. My stat of the night. Since 2010, UNC has started 3-0 two times, and, and Greg can double-check me on that. I'm pretty sure it's right. So they're going to, uh, I think, drop one of these first three games, and this is the most likely one for me. I'll hand it back over to you, Tommy, to, to roll through the Georgia State
3: picks. Uh, it looks like Slagle wants you fired already. <laughs> oh, um, no. <laughs> it was a good run. A couple weeks. <laughs> uh, Vip, Carolina goes to Atlanta to play Georgia State. Every, everybody says, what in the world are they playing down there? against georgia state i think it's pretty cool um but does it does it matter where this game is being played does the app game help carolina going to georgia state
0: it does matter to a certain extent that that this game is in atlanta um i really like sean elliott as a a motivator for a coach he's uh the ca- the cameras are gonna love him every time it's on him in the in the pregame and he's getting all rah rah. Uh shout out to Quinshaw Davis, their receiver coach. No offense to the Georgia State program. If North Carolina loses this game, pack it up and shut the season down. North Carolina's not losing this game. Come on.
3: <laughs> Buck Sanders.
1: Well, uh I think there's the all this talk about App State, I think the Georgia State game worries me more, more so than the App State game. Uh, they got you know, 25th nationally in returning production. Um, last year, they played Auburn at Auburn, and they had had a 24-19 to 19 lead headed into the fourth quarter. You know, these guys are capable of playing. This is not some cupcake FCS team that we're going to play this year, although the score last year, North Carolina made it look that way I I agree with uh several of the view that have already said it that you know this is a team that needs to be taken seriously this is the kind of game that North Carolina doesn't take opponents seriously they overlook them they think oh we're UNC we'll just go down and beat and then they get their clock cleaned um so you know, I'm going to pick North Carolina in this one, but I hope it's a game that North Carolina takes very seriously when they go down to Atlanta uh, and face Georgia, Georgia State. They won seven of our last eight games last year. And, you know, they beat Coastal Carolina and some other teams that are decent, you know, that um, you have to watch out for. So, you know, I expect a battle in, in Georgia State if – North Carolina wins by a couple of touchdowns, and I think that's a good sign for the year. But it's possible that'll they won't have that fourteen point bulge.
3: Jason uh, Buck just flipped the sands of time on you. What you got in
2: this game? Georgia State's I'm a actually, decent I'm, little I'm, team. I'm with Taylor here in terms of Georgia State's. You know they're 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 not a bad football team. They're a good football team. But look, we watched both those teams play last year. Just in terms of the bodies on the field. And yeah, it was a 14 point game in the third quarter before all those touchdown drives, you know, were led by Sam Howell, but I just can't get out of my, out of my head that Carolina was able to bully them in the running game sort of as they pleased last year. And I think Carolina's running game this year is going to be just as good as it was last year. And I think just physically speaking, Carolina should win this game at this point in the year, I think the quarterback play for Carolina is going to be good. And so uh, I don't see a whole lot of reason to really feel like this one's going to be a, uh, a huge, huge problem or that it should be a huge problem. So I'm going to go with, with Carolina winning this one. And again, I, I'm going to give a, a a 0.9 on this, a 90%, uh, you know, confidence that Carolina wins this game. So, uh, so that's where, that's where I'm at.
3: And picks and and John, yeah, for sure. Throw up some of the uh, fan uh, YouTube chat predictions as well. We have got Gregory Hall in the chat as well. Gregory is, you know, he he thinks he can check out of inside Carolina, but he could never leave this hotel inside Carolina here. <laughs> and we're gonna pull you in here in a minute, Gregory. But we can't uh, we can't like bring the legend to the show to start with. So we're gonna keep it off. Who we got left? I'll go with uh, Carolina over Georgia State. Uh, I I believe that I have a outcome in the season. I think somewhere in the midst of app in Georgia state, that outcome could change. But for right now, I'll go with Carolina over Georgia state to go three and O for the first time or the third time since 2010. Who's left, Greg, did you pick it?
4: I did. I picked Carolina to win this one.
3: All right. John B what you got. I'll take
5: a North Carolina win here. And can you feed me Ross and Adam's picks as well?
3: Ross and Adam both have Carolina over Georgia State going three and O. Each of them have them going three and O to start the season going into the bye week. Guys, uh, Carolina is either three and O or two and one. If you're John B. Uh, Buck, if Carolina's three and and0, you got to think Notre Dame's going to get beat by Ohio State. But it, it doesn't really matter about the Irish at that point. If Carolina's 3 and 0, this Notre Dame game becomes gigantic in Keenan Stadium on September the 24th. Uh, you're up first. You're the El Presidente. You take on your favorite and I'm joking, uh, non-North Carolina team in the Irish. What does Carolina do here? Well, you know, a
1: lot a lot can go as you kind of set up there Tommy. If North Carolina, you know, comes into this game 3 and 0, um, games like Notre Dame is getting ready to play at Ohio State to start the uh, year, sometimes they can have an outsized impact on a team's season. Uh, if Notre Dame goes, up to, uh, goes over to Ohio State and gets blistered, you know, that can have an impact on their psyche and how they feel about the entire season, how they feel about themselves. Uh, you, we don't know how they would be uh, feeling at that point if they go up there and play them close, then that's a big confidence booster for them. So those are the kind of things we can't know in advance right now. Um, I don't know if y'all saw or heard Paul Feinbaum, uh, going off on the, uh, SEC network. Somebody asked if, uh, Notre Dame was overrated and you can imagine how he responded to that. Um, he uh, went on like a five or six minute tirade about how they always get treated this way. But in the advanced metrics, you know, which don't, you know, you could, they could crayon out the, you know, the names of the teams and the formulas would be the same. Uh, Notre Dame is in the FPI is ranked five and in the SP plus they're ranked seven. Um, North Carolina is an underdog in the FPI and the, uh, S and P plus almost a touchdown in S and P plus Uh, the one other wild card I would mention uh, with Notre Dame is that um, even though Brian Kelly is uh, I I don't really trust his Southern accent that much, Uh, (laughs) but, but uh, one thing he was really good at at Notre Dame was that staff was good on the headsets and, they didn't lose to teams they were favored to beat, hardly ever. And and now they have a different staff. Are they going to be just as good on uh, the headsets as the previous staff was? You know, we'll see. But, uh, you know, that's that's a high, high watermark uh, to live up to for Marcus Freeman and his staff is uh, Notre Dame seldom, uh, you know, screwed up a game like that that they were favored to win so i'm still going to pick i'm going to pick notre dame to win this one i think they'll win it and i think they'll probably win by a touchdown at least
3: Mm, mm. vip everybody's commenting on your lighting i think gregory hall likes your hotel room it's the camera the camera
0: camera makes everything look better um It adds,
3: oh, it adds years and pounds to us. It makes you look like, you know, you're sitting on a movie set over there.
0: Yeah, this this Notre Dame game, this is the game every year where you're looking at the schedule and you're like, maybe if everything goes right, this is the college game day game. There is a couple other games that weekend. It's like Wisconsin at Ohio State, but they're already going to Ohio State for that week one Notre Dame game. Um, there's like Arkansas AM, and Clemson at Wake Forest, but ESPN – if Carolina goes into this game three and zero, the Mac Brown factor is going to push maybe game day towards ESPN. I mean, towards Chapel Hill because they they want to promote Mac Brown as, as much as humanly possible um, on on their <laughs> programs with with the way he could talk. Um, but this Notre Dame team, it's uh, I really like their quarterback Tyler Buckner. He has he has some Ian Book to him when you watch their highlights and how he's able to make plays happen with his legs compared to um, Jack Cohn last year, who was essentially a statue in the pocket. Um, So I think this is a a really tough test for the Carolina defense, which I think is going to be significantly improved under coach Chizik. Um, And then I think, I think they have a, an NFL type secondary. So I think this is going to be a tough matchup for Carolina all around. So my prediction is game day comes to Chapel Hill, Carolina loses to Notre Dame Mm. Mm. Jason
2: yeah you know I I actually again I'm pretty much uh, in the same same uh, thought process as Taylor here Uh, for one thing I I think it's important to note that even though Kelly left Notre Dame uh, to put on that faux southern accent at at LSU that's not (laughs) a new staff almost the entire staff stayed in Chap or stayed in uh, in 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 South Bend so they had uh, their their strength coach stayed, offensive coordinator stayed. They hired their defensive coordinator as their head coach. Uh, defensive line coach stayed, running backs coach stayed, cornerbacks coach stayed, tight ends coach stayed, and their safeties coach stayed. I mean, that's let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, six one. position coaches plus the, the, the coordinator who got elevated. So that's seven coaches from that 10-coach staff that stayed. So, I mean, that, that's, that's still going to be a, a, a lot of continuity in terms of what they're doing in South Bend. And I think that program is, has got more overall depth of talent in terms of being able to absorb you know, some, some, some of the problems that, that Carolina has had in camp, for example, losing a guy like uh, Antoine Green. I think that's a big factor in this game. Uh, I think the the thing that I'm looking at in this game is who are Carolina's game breakers going to be? Who are the playmakers going to be that are going to make the plays necessary to beat a team like Notre Dame? Because in order to beat Notre Dame, Carolina's going to have to have really good play from their quarterbacks for sure, but they're also going to have to hit some big plays that don't come from Josh Downs. And that and and that's gonna and that's gonna have to come from some guys that are out wide as well because Notre Dame's gonna be able to load the box. Uh, they're gonna have they're gonna have some some good players up front. So that's really where I come down to it. I think this is a game that Carolina can win, but it's not a game that I would pick them to win at this stage. Uh, so I'm gonna go with Notre Dame winning this game and then uh, about a 0.35. Uh, chance of, so about 35% chance of, or 30%, I'll say 30% chance of Carolina winning it. So 30% chances of Carolina winning this game.
3: Greg, what do you think to round out the Notre Dame talk? I, you know, I believe it when I see it. And that's, I just remember last, or whenever it was, they flat out shut down Javante Williams and Michael Carter. Um, and then they, was it last year or year before last, they had losing offensive linemen didn't matter. Uh, I mean, everybody can talk about how Notre Dame folds up shop in bowl games or whatever, but to Buck's point, they don't lose games like this very rarely.
4: What happens? Yeah, the the interesting thing there, and I think Buck makes a really good point, um, as good as Brian Kelly was, uh, both with the headset on as well as developing talent, he wasn't a great recruiter. Solid, but at Notre Dame, you expect better than top ten classes. Uh, you know He had a lot of classes that are like 15th, 14th, 10th, 9th. Marcus Freeman has elevated that. And I think that right now they're like third in the country in terms of what they've done recruiting-wise. So what is the transition? Is, is Marcus just a better recruiter than Brian Kelly but not the coach? That remains to be seen. And I think that's a big part of how this, this early season plays out. But it also speaks to kind of what Jason's talking about. This is not the type of team, and it hasn't been, that's going to blow a decent opponent off the field. Um, They're good enough and they're solid enough to not beat themselves, and that's what we saw last year. Does Marcus Freeman continue that? And if so, and if Tyler Buckner is the the quarterback they think he can become, because he is is a special kid, like Taylor said. You know, he's basically just run first as a freshman, and now they think he's the full package. Well, if those two things work in Notre Dame's favor, then it's kind of like the App State game where if Notre Dame plays their A game, Carolina is not going to be able to beat them. Um, but if those things don't work in Notre Dame's favor, then Carolina has a chance, um, like, like Jason said. But I do think Notre Dame, because they return so much talent, uh, they got a lot of good players, especially across the defense. I think it's going to be a tough game for Carolina to win, even though that's at home. So I've got Notre Dame winning this one.
3: Yeah, what you got, John? Adam and Ross both have Carolina losing to Notre Dame to drop to three and one. Um, you know, I like I said, I believe it when I see it. I remember two thousand eight. It remains uh, one of the greatest games I've ever seen, and per- my personal favorite game in Keenan Stadium for multiple reasons. Um, but Notre Dame also had was Jimmy Clausen at quarterback, and he was uh, not good at times. But I'm gonna put Notre Dame beats Carolina, but close, very close. John, you're last.
5: I'm going to build on Jason's point. I just remember Kyron Williams last year, that run, that back-breaking run that he had, I think it was 91 yards or something like that. There's a different different level of of talent and depth on Notre Dame's roster. I think they win this game in Chapel Hill, so I'm putting it as a loss for UNC. You
3: know – People can't boo me for picking a loss if you give me hell for picking them 12 and oh man, there's got to be a middle ground. Let's go. Virginia Tech comes to town, uh, the first week in October. Buck, I'll let you start it off here. Uh, this is <laughs> after last season, I, I would think Mack Brown and Carolina and all those players owe this Virginia Tech team a little bit. Obviously, a, a different group of Hokies that have come, uh, but yeah. To the, to the point about the crowd, I still and I said it last week. I think Carolina was shook at Virginia Tech badly when that crowd started rocking. Carolina needs to return to favor, Buck. Do they against Virginia Tech? I guess October first.
1: Well, for starters, I think we probably ought to skip this game, all of us, because I think we all got it wrong last year. Um, <laughs> don't uh, know, what's Greg. To... Greg Barnes. I don't mean to call you out at all, but you know you were pretty enthusiastic about. North well, Carolina was going to go up there and just beat the. Uh,
4: I was very yeah.
2: much. So. I very I much like- regret reversing my pick. Cause if you remember, I had this game and then I just decided at the very last minute, just change it and should have
0: kept it. I was walking well, into Lane stadium telling people the Hokies had no shot. Two, <laughs> two plays in. I, I turned to somebody <laughs> next to me and said, we got a game. We got a game. <laughs>
1: yeah. I was Just telling goes to show you all uh, the genius quality geniuses we have here at IC doing this show. Um, it's getting hot. You know, it, 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 we know that North Carolina lost to Virginia Tech off the top, but here's the things that that are, that are also true. I mean, their offense was horrible last year, and I can't see it getting any better this year. Um, and even though, um, and I, this is, goes back to the old thing about. The good news is uh, the bad news is that they have only fifty-one percent returning production on the team, and the good news is that they only have fifty-one percent, um, and they're they're coming off of ten days of rest against North Carolina, though that's in their favor. The their quarterback situation, I'm I'm not sure that it's settled yet, but I'm sure I think they're going with that Grant Wells guy from Marshall.
0: Yeah, they just um, named him.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He's thrown 22 picks in the last two seasons. At Marshall. That's a, yeah, that's a lot of picks to be throwing. So we'll see how that works out for him. Um, North Carolina is a huge favorite again in this game. They're a two-touchdown favorite, FPI and SP+. Plus. But remember, we managed to blow it against Florida State last year at home, and we were a couple of touchdown t- favorite over that team. And, and the final point I'll leave you with here, from my perspective, portion of the program is as much as we talk about beating virginia tech and blah 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 um they're 14 and 4 against unc since they come to the acc north carolina has won four ball games against this guy i'm still picking north carolina because this is supposed to be a horrible team north carolina's playing at home um we'll see how it goes but i'm prepared uh to get the wash the egg off my face when we after this game is over with uh um
3: this season. Uh Vip, do you think you will be turning to somebody beside
0: you going, uh oh, again this year? Only because it's not in Blacksburg. Yes, I think I will. Um in in year four for for Mac Brown at home These are games that North Carolina just has to win. Over the past three years, Virginia Tech's average recruiting ranking, uh, 45th compared to Carolina's at 20th. North Carolina has significantly more talent across the board. This is a game where I think North Carolina has the talent edge. The coaches have to get this game over the finish line. I'm going to give the edge to Carolina going up against a first-year staff trying to figure it out. I think the fact that this game is in Chapel Hill is is a huge benefit for North Carolina, where anything kind of goes in Blacksburg. I, I've I've learned that once uh once once they kind of get rocking with Enter Sandman, all bets are off. Uh, but I think North Carolina wins this game. It just it just comes down to too much talent, and these are the games that Mac Brown has to start winning. I agree, 100.
3: Kind of reminds me of the Whiteout game. Um, I guess that was 2012, where. Geo kind of went nuts against Virginia Tech and Carolina was able to win. Greg Barnes, um, does the uh, confidence that you exuded prior to kickoff last year, does it carry over this year for this one?
4: Well, let's talk about that because if you look at this series, like Buck mentioned, Virginia Tech's 14-4, and and you look at the NC State series, State's won 10 of the last 15 in the series. Uh, I don't think there's any question that Carolina has recruited better than both of those programs, but both of those programs take pride in out-toughing Carolina in football. And by and large, they've done it over the last decade and a half if not longer. So at some point, Carolina has to understand that talent's just not enough. And when you're better than your opponent, You've got to take it to them and not just absorb blows, which is what Carolina has done too often, especially in this series. Brent Pry is going to come in wanting to bring back that lunch pail mentality. We may not be great this year, but we're going to fight like dogs on defense and we're going to be just good enough offensively to stay in some of these games. I think that's their recipe this year. Uh, And so we talk about growth as a program. Carolina's got to be able to match that. They've got to be able to win the games that they're supposed to win, and I think this is the first example of that. I agree that with this game being in Chapel Hill, Carolina should win it, uh, but they got to come to play and they, they got to play physical and, and not get beat at the line of scrimmage, which is what happened last year in Blacksburg.
3: Yep, Jason Staples. Uh, somebody asked on the message board, Drew Krebs, shout out, Drew. Is this game uh, more of a must-win? in the app game which, which one of those games is more of a must win i think app is personally because uh, oh, yeah. virginia tech is actually a you know big time acc school uh, but anyway what happens virginia tech carolina jason
2: uh i i think this one is uh it boils down to virginia tech having a pretty bare cupboard frankly i mean a couple of the guys that gave carolina the most trouble last year uh are gone in particular, uh, Trey—I uh, can't remember name. Is- Turner, yeah, Trey Turner. Turner. Uh, he was a guy that that we talked about in the pre in the in the preview last last year. That you know, he's the one guy you couldn't let let beat you, and you know, he he did some things against him last year, and and they were able to make some plays down the field last year against the corners that really changed that game. I don't see a whole lot of those guys on their, on their roster. And I think, you know, you can bring the lunch pail defense back as much as you want, but if the talent's not there, it's not going to matter very much. So um, ultimately for me, this is a talent issue. I'm not sure that, that Virginia tech has a, an ACC level quarterback on their roster. And I think Carolina has three of them, uh, you know, two that are, that are ready to play. So you know i've got carolina winning this game Uh, i have this as an 85 percent chance of carolina winning uh which means you know well into the double digits uh is my expectation somewhere you know 17 point win area
0: if somebody is going to have a big game
1: jason jason you made it under the wire
2: That, that, that's been going since we started this whole round
0: if if somebody is going to have a big game for virginia tech it's going to be uh steven gosnell just because he transfers from you just because and, it would yeah, be yeah yeah
3: or, or the Stephen feet. gosnell game exactly uh, i can't believe trey i was just looking it up trey turner was an undrafted free agent that dude was good
0: yeah, and he's he a really even, good player.
3: And nobody, you know, I think he went to the Vikings, undrafted free agent. John B., uh, Ross, and Adam both had this as a win for North Carolina. Uh, what's your pick here?
5: I am going win for North Carolina as well. I agree with Jason. And to build on his point about the cupboard being there, go look at their 2020 recruiting class. They had the Texas to VT movement. Their top two players from that recruiting class from Texas have both transferred out, and they don't have much else. In that recruiting class, I think UNC has a better roster. I'm picking a UNC win. How about you, Tommy?
3: I, I think Carolina wins this game. It's in Keenan Stadium, and it's one of those, you know, as long as there's not some uh, weird uh, – Yeah, absolutely. And, and To Greg's point, that monsoon game proves that point. They just beat the hell out of Carolina in the rain in that game. And Carolina was a pretty good football team. And the toughness factor. This is a game for Mac Brown and his team – That if 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 they're gonna preach that they don't just look good coming off the bus or in the airport, this is the kind of game you got to get it done. You got to just wear out the Hokies um, up and down the field because Virginia Tech has been the big bad team. and And the fan bases can talk about how the recruiting stinks and all that, but 14 and four speaks for itself. Uh, This is the year Matt Brown's got to flip that. Let's move on to the next show and look. This one's going to be a long show. It's already nine forty-three on the East Coast. Uh, we're halfway through the season. Not even halfway through the season. Don't forget to Sport Johnny T-shirt and JohnnyTshirt.com. Mm. Now, let's, and I'm not going to do the full read yet because I want to do it after we talk about the Miami game. But let's let's go Miami, Taylor. Miami game. Carolina wants to. Every all Carolina fans remember what happened down in the Orange Bowl or at Hard Rock Stadium a few weeks before the orange bowl a couple of years ago or whenever it was, but this Miami team, are they legit this year? I do think Tyler Van Dyke's a good quarterback. Is this a game that Carolina has a chance in a and B, is this a game that Mac Brown can step up and say, Hey, my guys can win on the road as well.
0: I know Buck is a, a big trends guy where he, he kind of has to see it before it happens, but I have to admit, I'm I'm falling for the banana and the tailpipe. I think Miami is going to be pretty good this year, um, mainly because Mario Cristobal is not Manny Diaz. I think that's a a significant improvement for uh, the University of Miami. Tommy, you mentioned Tyler Van Dyke. I think he's, I think he's arguably the best quarterback in the conference from what we've seen. I thought the Miami team looked drastically different when, when he was the one running the, the, the offense, um, for like the last two thirds of the season. And then you bring in Cristobal and it, it just, they, they just have a, I know it always feels like Miami's good in, in August. They they're the clear front runners always. Um, but with Cristobal, there at least feels like there's some substance behind there when Dia, when Manny Diaz was kind of, uh, in over his head from almost from the jump, so I've North Carolina losing this game in Miami. Jason, flip the flip the switch, Buck. Jason
3: Staples, your pick at Miami, and you're muted. There's not too many times where Jason Staples can't be heard.
2: This this to me is a tough one. I I I'm not sold actually on crystal ball this season for my for Miami making that big of a difference because really crystal balls sort of the thing that he's done best as a, as a coach is, is recruit. And, you know, he's not always had the best on field results with the teams that he's actually had. I mean, you go out to Oregon and uh, them getting bullied multiple times by Utah the last couple of years. I mean, you start to see some of the stuff that he did and, you know, look at the, look at the, the quarterback that's at, that's at San Diego right now for the chargers and you realize, wait a second, why didn't he have a better college career? Oh, wait, look who his head coach was in those years. So, you know, I do think Van Dyke might be the best quarterback in the ACC, but I'm a little bit wait and see on what they're going to do offensively. I mean, I know Josh Gaddis is is a good mind offensively, but I know they're going to want to pound the football, and I'm not sure that roster is really set to do it. And last year, Van Dyke had a really good receiving, receiving core, and this year – I'm not sure how good the receiving core is actually going to be, uh, so there are reasons to to doubt this Miami team. But at the same time, there are also reasons to you know be concerned about this this Carolina team. I mean, you can say the same thing about some of Carolina's receiver depth minus uh, minus Josh Downs. So ultimately, I think a lot of things kind of line up to where yeah, a lot of the same criticisms that you can make about Miami, you can make about uh, about uh, about uh, uh the 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 same offense and and so on with uh with uh with UNC and some of the questions in the secondary for UNC that they had so ultimately i think this is a miami win i'm going to go with that with it being in miami uh i think it's about a 35% chance for carolina to win win this one that's kind of where i'm resting but i think this is one of the games with the most with the biggest delta between uh, in terms of possibilities, it could go a lot of different ways but based on how that new coaching staff does things and, and how that fits with the current personnel.
3: Greg, it in Miami, aren't Miami and Carolina virtually the same team? A lot of hype. Very rarely do they live up to it. Is that fair? Yeah.
4: So let's, let's. Let's discuss that for a second. So Miami, the issue with Miami has been that they've recruited at this incredible level for the most part forever. Uh, and then you've got guys, and I, I made a note to, to throw Al Golden's name out at Jason during the Notre Dame discussion, and I felt, so I, I feel bad about that. Al Golden's the defensive coordinator at Notre Dame now, which is hysterical to me. Um, but you have guys like Al Golden as your coach at Miami. And in hindsight, you're like, well, well, yeah, it makes sense that he didn't have a lot of success because he's just not that good of a coach as a head coach. And same thing can be said about Manny Diaz and Randy Shannon and, and these guys that have come along the, the path. If if the only thing holding Miami back is coaches, I mean, geez, look at what they have. Cristobal, yeah, but Josh Gaddis, right? We're in the top offensive minds in the country last year.
3: That's Wake Forest, Josh Gaddis, right?
4: Yeah, That's absolutely. We, at Michigan, great was great last year. Kevin Still defensive coordinator. Charlie Strong, who took over for Mac Brown at Texas years ago, is linebackers coach. Uh, they have pumped money into this coaching staff. Will it take them some time? Sure, but I, I think they can hit the ground running. I think there's a, there's enough good pieces here for Mario to be able to do what he wants to do. You know, and talking about Justin Herbert, kind of what. Mario's always wanted to do is, is kind of like the Butch Davis approach where you don't want your your offense to do too much crazy and you want your defense to be really good and the offense kind of complements your defense. Uh, you can have a discussion whether or not that, that, that still works in college football. And Mario thinks it does, and that's what they're going to be like this year. They really think that defense can be good. Uh, I think it's going to be fascinating to watch Miami. Um, the fact that this is the last year of the Coastal, I think it's kind of a sad thing because I like the rivalry that Carolina and Miami have built over the years. Uh, but because this game is, is, uh, down in Miami gardens, I do have Miami winning this one. And I I think Miami uh, is going to be better than some people think. Uh, I think they're going to get smoked by Texas A&M early and they close the season with some hard games against Clemson and Pitt. But I think this is a team that can win 10 games.
3: Mm, Interesting take buck. Uh, somebody posted in the chat if if that was carolina's and i'm paraphrasing if that were carolina's coaching staff uh we mean the carolina fan base would be super confident in their uh their abilities what do you think about carolina miami october 8th down in miami gardens
1: well uh, first thing i'm going to say is uh in terms of coaching I think they had a really good offensive coordinator and have had a really good uh, offensive coordinator for the last two, three years. Red Lashley is probably as good as it gets in the, you know, the FBS. So, you know, they have hired some good coaches. And when we talk about whether or not the hype is real, this, this go around, we hear it every year. Uh, But to Greg's point, they have thrown a ton of cash at this program. I think uh, Cristobal is like in the top 10 of, uh, coaches salaries in the fbs now so um you know and i think tyler van dyke is for real um and it's a little bit funny that uh they're ranked 16th in the nation they're coming off a seven and five season but they did close the season out well uh so they got that going for them here's a couple of things that i think are interesting one is North Carolina holds a series record against the Hurricanes. Most people would not guess that they, they're 12 and 11 against the Hurricanes, you know, uh, series record. Um, they've won three in a row against Miami and, um, uh, they're in the last 10 years, they're three and two against Miami at Miami. Uh, so, there's something about Miami that gets North Carolina's juices rolling. Um, but at the same time, um, you know, the, they're like a touchdown favorite at home. Uh, I think that probably, um, you know, is is the FPI and SP Plus are telling you something there. Um, and the, the one wild card, I think, is that Texas A&M game is actually three weeks before the uh, North Carolina game. And, uh, Jason Staples and has made the point multiple times that if Miami ever really suffers a, you know, excruciating beat down, like they used to always get from Miami, they're no more good the rest of the year. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. I'm still making this a loss for North Carolina. You know, I, I think they're going to lose. Uh, I don't know if they will, that Miami will cover. Um. Because I, 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 I do think that um, Cristobal is going to want to get in a rock fight down there with North Carolina. We'll see how that works out for him. But I, I got uh, Miami by a touchdown.
3: Whew. Um, I'll go ahead and get mine in. So I got to find some losses. I remember Jason Staples talking about that last year. I got to find some losses. Um, but I've kind of talked myself into thinking Carolina can get this one down there in miami um and john for the record ross and adam both have it as a loss to miami don't
2: Um, do it tommy don't do it not after last year i uh
3: the one thing about last year is it was like um
4: do it tommy Don't (laughs)
3: don't don't do it tommy i'm with jason don't do Watching it. that game last year, it was like somebody needs to turn the clock up to like time and a half because Miami's going to win this game if this game goes any longer. And with the ball bounce off somebody's butt and off somebody's head and said Gray or whoever enters? I want to do it, guys. Don't do it. I mean, oh, what the hell, Tommy?
0: 12 and 0. 12 and 0. No, wow. I'm
3: not, I've already picked a loss. 11 and 1. 11 and
2: 1. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
3: 2015 Uh,
0: tempering expectations (laughs) yes yeah this
3: this is what we're trying to bring down and um i'm torn guys go ahead john what you gonna
2: pick? noted optimist tommy ashley this is locked in tommy you
3: can't change it oh
2: you put
3: put it up there already okay yeah i'll own it carolina wins if carolina wins this game they probably lost one of those first three uh but anyway go john fill it out and then let's move on
5: for me, this is about quarterback play. The last three seasons, UNC has had better quarterbacks than Miami. I think that switches this year. Tyler Van Dyke is a great quarterback. I have a UNC loss here.
3: That is a great point. That's why we got John B. on the thing. Uh, Gregory Hall um, started the uh, the the producer slash great analysis thing, and John is keeping it going. Carolina at Duke, let's do this one quick because I'm going to do a Johnny T-shirt read after that. Carolina at Duke. Does anybody think Duke has a chance, Greg? I know you wanted to mention the new coaching staff, but you as well at Duke. Um, does Elko make a difference at Duke? Greg, go first.
4: I think he does eventually. I think he's a good defensive mind. Um, and they they need somebody like that at Duke. Uh, is that going to happen this year? No. Carolina wins this one pretty easy. Buck,
1: yeah, you I, agree? I agree. I agree. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing somebody besides David Cutcliffe on the Duke (laughs) sideline. And I'm guessing most of the Duke fans uh, and players would agree with that. Uh, I I think he was a good guy and a good coach, but I'm just tired of looking at (laughs) it. It's it's time for another new face over there in Durham Um, and North Carolina is and in SP plus, they're almost a three touchdown favorite. This is, going to be a horrible team duke has and watch them beat north carolina over there in durham and
3: i will give a shout out to clayton kid jacob monk who's their one of their offensive linemen that's a good kid and uh you know nephew of the late quincy monk and son of stanley monk that played at duke as well but yeah carolina whips duke Uh, you know (laughs) i can't believe how many times david cutcliffe beat carolina to be honest with you um and there was once upon a time, I think it was twenty some wins straight, wasn't it, Buck? They, they Carolina Duke were they were close. There were some weird games, but Carolina just never Back, lost. Mac
1: Brown's signature win almost in twenty nineteen, except for South Carolina was beating Duke when Chas Ratt catching pass. the pass pop pass there at the end. I mean That
3: that know. that signified to me that Cutcliffe was done. It was time to go to pasture when they had run it all the way down the field and then they wanted to do that. Anyway, Taylor, Jason, John, anybody thinking duke makes this a game no
2: no i've got i've got this as a 90 percent plus win probability for 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 the heels
3: john everybody all, all you need to
5: all you need to know about this duke team is they posted a video on their social media of one of their players holding up a sign saying come to the spring game please watch us i think that's about <laughs> where the program is at this stage
3: was this note written in crayon
5: it was like black marker it was one of the players oh, they sent him out there okay. to do that poor guy
3: they could probably have their blue-white game at midfield, and uh, that would help some of the crowd. Maybe they, maybe they should do that their first game instead of play. Uh, Carolina goes uh, through Duke easily, I think. Ross and Adam both have it as a win. Uh, into the bye week, Johnny T-shirt, t-shirt.com, sponsors of Inside Carolina and inside 10% off your order if you are a – a premium subscriber take advantage of it they got all the gear They're alumni owned and operated they've done it for years on east franklin street you need to go see them i was in there the other day stepped in shop great time to see them football season is here get all your gear every sport you need women's soccer they've got some gear for that as well support them all support johnny t-shirt support all the teams and support Inside Carolina and help Inside Carolina support them. Mm. National guys pay the bills. It's about 10 o'clock on the East Coast. We'll be right back with the second half of the prediction season.
4: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call
1: 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy
0: in every journey.
3: We're back. It's inside Carolina's prediction season. I got too many screens going on. I'm getting a little, I got some coffee in the cup. I'm going to start with Greg Barnes here. Greg, I think Carolina has, is it a bye after the Duke game? And then Pitt comes to town. This is an interesting matchup. Uh, Carolina should have beat Pitt last year. I I think we'd agree with that. Somebody should have been watching the weather, um, and they did not see the monsoon coming. Uh, But Pitt is a good football team. They've always been a good football team. And now they get the USC transfer, Greg. How does this game shape out? I think this is one of those games where Carolina's got to step up. You want to bully the bully, this is another game to do it, I think.
4: Yeah, we talk about Miami being overhyped and overrated year in and year out, and that's true. Um, but what you can say about Pitt over the last really six or seven years under Pat Narduzzi is they've been underhyped. If you look at where they've been picked in the preseason ACC poll versus where they finish, they finish higher every single year, I think the last six years. Uh, Narduzzi's a good coach. He's not a great coach. He says a lot of crazy things, which is why I kind of like him. He's, he's, you never know what he's going to say. He drives people nuts on the sideline the way he complains. Uh, But the guy's a great defensive mind. wasn't Michigan State. took him a while at Pitt. Uh, They returned pretty much everybody on the defensive side of the ball. And I understand the concern about Kenny Pickett and Jordan Addison leaving and Mark Whipple. Uh, But, I mean, (laughs) Pat's been blasting Mark Whipple this offseason. Saying he threw the ball too much, uh, which makes it entertaining. But they return all five starting offensive linemen. You mentioned Slovis coming in. Uh, you know, great freshman year, kind of hit or miss last couple years. Got a really good core of running backs. They got some wide receivers that they like, including a transfer that come in. I think Pitt's right there with Miami as one of the two best teams in the coastal this year. I had Carolina third in the division. Um, you know, with this game being in Chapel Hill, it really is for me a toss-up. Um, and Tommy, you mentioned having to find losses, having to find wins. I've got Carolina uh, losing this game, and I'll explain more later, uh, but that's kind of why. I think this is a true toss-up, but I'm going to put Carolina down for a loss because I I do think Pitt's going to be pretty good.
3: It's interesting with watching Pitt over the years. They had James Conner, and they were running up and down the field against Carolina um, in one of the Fedora years. I think it's the Trubisky one. Trubisky game. I could be wrong. Uh, but then they decided to start throwing the ball, and Carolina ends up winning the games. It's interesting to me that Narduzzi now wants to get back to the ground-and-pound type deal. Jason, I'll come to you next on this pit game. I mean, and and I love the VIP spotlight there. with VIP, it almost looks like you've got that uh, CBS uh, camera angle where they blur the back and then the person <laughs> looks like it's almost in 3d it is it is uh focused in on me that is uh that's yeah. fascinating buck i think we all need that swag and that gear jason though i'm gonna go with you Pitt and carolina it's a game that carolina um can certainly lose uh, but they've shown at home at least they can win these type
2: yeah this is i i have this as a as basically a toss-up game uh I think this is going to be the best chance that that Carolina actually has in this is because Narduzzi is going back to that ground and pound. And uh, I think actually as much as he disliked working with Whipple, Whipple made them better by not being the guy that did everything that Narduzzi wanted to do offensively. Uh, So I, I think in that respect, they're probably going to take a little bit of a step back offensively. So, so this is a game that Carolina absolutely can win. And with it being in Chapel Hill, they really, probably should win this game at this stage of the season uh but I'm I'm searching for losses at this point and and I think Carolina is is going to turn in another loss somewhere on the on the uh on the schedule and this is one I have marked down as one of their more likely losses so I'm going to pick this as a loss for Carolina in Chapel Hill but here's the twist uh I have uh, I have this as a loss but I have it as a 60% chance of Carolina winning it so I need to find a loss in terms of where 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 they're going to wind up on the season but this is a game that I think all things being equal in a vacuum they they probably should win this game. I just I need to find a find a loss here. So a loss but a 60% chance of winning the game. So that's my win 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 confidence as it were.
3: I think you just blew my brain. I, I'm not Yeah, VIP, can you explain that? Uh they're gonna win. They're gonna lose, but I believe they'll win by sixty percent. Uh, yeah, help me, VIP.
0: I I can't explain that, but as far as my <laughs> prediction, uh, I think this this is a toss up. I agree with almost what what everybody has said so far, um, but I think I think this has been a, a bad offseason for Pitt. You lose Kenny Pickett, you lose Jordan Addison, you lose Mark Whipple. Mark Whipple two and zero. As the offensive coordinator against Carolina, without Mark Whipple, Narduzzi 0 4. He he lost to two really really bad Fedora year teams, and I think that that part is sticking in my head. And I'm the opposite of Greg. Uh, Greg likes Narduzzi. I think I am. I'm over him. He is so smug. I I, I can't <laughs> stand. I can't stand seeing him on the sidelines. He's not charmer. I have the quote. I have the quote about Mark Whipple. Our old offensive coordinator had no desire to run the ball. Everybody knew it. He was stubborn. Wake Forest was 118th in run defense, and we threw the ball every down. When we ran it, we ran it for 10 yards, but that wasn't good enough. They won that <laughs> game 45-21 to to win a conference title. <laughs> what, like, what is he talking about? I, I'm, I'm picking Carolina just for that quote, though.
3: Buck, I believe I've uh, I've, uh, saved you for last.
1: Yeah, you know, and I I think my eyes glazed over there at some point while you guys were talking (laughs) about. um, To Greg's point, um, one thing about Greg is he's big on, you know. um, Football guy. If a a team hasn't done it before, then you can't pick them. You can't pick that team if they haven't shown you they can do it in the past. Pitt hadn't won a ball game at, in UNC in, since 1982. Forty years, they haven't won a game at Chapel Hill. And, and that escapes Greg Barnes in this one particular instance for whatever reason. But um, that was an interesting game in 82, by the way. Uh, Pitt was number one. Tar Heels were number five uh, that year. UNC lost. Uh, spoiler alert. So anyway, uh, I, I the, the – the, thing about Pitt is yes they lost uh kenny pickett yes they lost jordan addison but they're number 31 in returning production elsewhere so they're bringing back on a really experienced team Um, and you know this is another game this is a game that uh, for, for the first time in my memory this happens three times on this schedule which speaks a little bit to, you know, what most people don't realize that this really is a tough schedule for UNC. It's like 11th in the nation in terms of toughness. Um, UNC is a three-point favorite in the FPI, but a .3 underdog in the S&P. That happens t- twice more in this schedule. It's very, very rare you see the FPI go one way and the SP plus go the other way, both ESPN products. But, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, un- unless they've done it before, I've got to go with the tradition and pick UNC to win this game. Um, i may maybe give it uh, North Carolina a 51% chance to win this game. So put it down as a W.
3: Carolina ain't losing this game. Uh, I mean <laughs> – <laughs> Shout out to uh, the Pitt fan that's in our chat. It is a pleasure to have you. Um, come on to Keenan Stadium and, and come hang out in the Bowls lot prior to this one. But Carolina's going to beat Pittsburgh. Um, for the fact that Jason mentioned and y'all mentioned, if they want to try to run it all the time against this Carolina defense, I, I think that plays into Carolina's hands. Uh, the only question here is, is how many uh, headsets does Narduzzi break <laughs> during the course of this one? And, and we'll leave it at that. Adam Smith inside Carolina Beat Rider has Carolina beating pit. Ross Martin has Carolina losing the pit. John Bowman, you are the last one to pick on this one. I think this
5: is a tight game, as everyone has said. I think it's also a little bit of an interesting case study, this pit team football being a top-down, star-driven sport? They lost their biggest star this offseason in Jordan Addison. Or do you trust the t- returning production, as Buck was talking about? Do you trust their veteran experience? I could go either way on this game. I'm going to go with the loss.
3: Interesting. Tell you about split on that, uh, Carolina goes to Virginia after that week. <clears throat> Greg Barnes, when was the last time Matt Brown won at Virginia?
4: Uh, I'd have to look it up.
1: Never is the answer. Yeah,
4: I would assume never.
3: (laughs) Uh, Buck, let's start with you with Virginia and Carolina. Uh, Brennan Armstrong, I mean, that dude, that game at Carolina, he's slinging it everywhere. He looked amazing. Um, He stays healthy. He's a solid quarterback. They've got that three-headed snake that they play. Um, But Mike Brown's got to win these games at some point. If Carolina's going to be more than an 8-4 and football team, it starts at Virginia, right, Buck?
1: Well, uh, let's hope it starts before that. But yeah, I hope he wins the uh, the Virginia game. That's the uh, that's his own personal Charlottesville Charlottesville curse. Um, but this is a team that is basically the exact opposite statistically from uh, Pitt, and even though the Cavaliers, which is something that everybody will end up talking about, is they're 125th in returning production. Uh, they bring it back almost nobody. Um, and they lost almost their entire offensive line. I, I think it's four out of five or so. I think they're replacing
0: um, all five starters. Mm.
1: Yes. So their offensive line completely gone. Um, but on the flip side, they bring back Brennan Armstrong, uh, Wicks, the receiver, Billy Kemp, Malachi Fields, you know, On Thompson. Uh, they bring back all their skill players, basically, except they didn't really have many running backs to start with. Um, uh, so they're, they're losing a lot of their high end, uh, production guys, uh, but they're bringing back most of their returning production. Um, uh, uh, they're not bringing back any returning production. Sorry. 125th. So, uh, the Tar Heels are favored in Charlottesville. Won't be the first time they went up there favored and lost, but. Um, that's something, um, and it's, uh, North Carolina is in between Miami and Pitt on the schedule, but all three of those games were played in Scott stadium. Now, I'm going to pick, um, uh, Mac to break the Charlottesville curse. Uh, I've got North Carolina winning one
3: here, but I think it'll be a close game. Vip, Virginia experience up in Charlottesville. What happens yeah, this be- year?
0: all their returning uh, production seems to be their skill guys. Uh, A name that hasn't even been mentioned, uh, Lavelle Davis Jr. He missed the 21 season uh, due to, I think it was an ACL injury. And I have his stats right here. He was seventh in the nation among freshmen with 515 yards tied for fifth in the nation among freshmen with five receiving touchdowns, only player in the nation with 500 plus receiving yards on 20 or a few receptions. So He's a big play threat. This Virginia offense, if they could figure out that offensive line, they have a a lot of big play potential where, and I think that's where this North Carolina defense is going to be susceptible to giving up the big plays. I, from, from the practices I've seen, uh, I have a lot of question marks with the the secondary and their ability to kind of keep plays in front of them. But I think on the flip side of that, that's Virginia's, um, biggest weakness too on on defense um so my only advice for this game would be to take the over this is a game where it's like whatever the over is i would i would say bet it if it's if it's 75 i'm still taking the over i think this is going to be uh points 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 but i do think north carolina wins i i don't have i guess i only started really following carolina football once i got into carolina i don't have these uh these nightmare Memories of, of going to Charlottesville, like when I think of going to Charlottesville, Quinshaw Davis has like twenty five catches his true freshman year, or uh, the Mitch Trubisky, we, we, they're just running like reverses and throwing the ball deep to Bug Howard. I, I don't have these uh, these scars that I think that you guys have built up from seeing North Carolina in Charlottesville. Uh, so I'm going North Carolina wins.
1: How old were you in '96? Fip two. Say so. That would
0: be why. (laughs) Yeah. In New York, too. Oh, God.
3: Uh, Fun fact Where was the kid that returned the interception in 1996? Where did he go to high school?
1: Raleigh, somewhere. Was it uh,
3: Millbrook? Uh, Ravenscroft. Ravenscroft. Okay. Unbelievable. But, or excuse me, Greg, Carolina at Virginia.
4: Uh, Jonathan Leach is a tackle for Virginia, uh, and he started. He has started two games in his career and he is the only offensive lineman on the roster that has started a game. Uh, so a lot of work to be done up front. They've got five transfers that they're counting on playing snaps along the defensive front. Um, so yes, they've got a great quarterback. They got some good players at the skill positions as Taylor mentioned and, and, Buck alluded to. Uh, but I mean, what do you have in the trenches and, um, you know, Bronco Bronco alluded to it last year, and Tony Elliott's talked about it as well, that they really kind of lost their compass defensively. And he was trying to do the Matt Campbell three three five last year, and, you know, they, they kind of rushed it and didn't have enough pieces, and it kind of fell apart. So I think this is a rebuild, even though Tony Elliott's got some, some good players offensively. Um, if you can't win in the trenches and you don't trust what you have in the trenches, you're not going to be able to win a lot of games. And uh, I think at this point in the season, Carolina should be feeling pretty good about what they have defensively. Uh, and while there will be a lot of points scored, I don't I don't see how Virginia can uh, can slow down Carolina enough on that side of the ball. Uh, I got Carolina win this one pretty healthily in uh, up in Charlottesville.
3: Uh, who we got, uh, Jason? Have you picked, picked, picked? I have
2: not. Virginia Tech, Virginia. But Greg basically just said. Pretty much everything I was going to say. <laughs> I'm not quite as confident as Greg is on this, uh, but I think again, most of the time games come down to the quarterback position in the trenches, and they've got the quarterback position, but I don't think they have the trenches on either side of the ball, and uh, I think that's that's the determining factor here. I think I think Mac finally gets his win in Charlottesville, and uh, this is one of those games where I've got I've got it close enough that that you know UVA could win this game. But uh, I've got Carolina winning this and uh, about a 65% chance of, of winning this game.
3: John, for the record, Adam Smith, loss at Virginia. Ross Martin, win at Virginia. I'm going to go win at Virginia, pound the over. Like like Taylor said, I think Brennan Armstrong's a good quarterback. Uh, somebody said he's a pro-style quarterback. I remember him pretty being pretty mobile at times, running around, slinging it. Um, against Carolina last year, I, I just think that, um, I think the curse and the uh, whatever you want to call it stuff is real. And it's one of those things where they've they've got to do it. They need a Dwight Jones-type performance from somebody where he went, what, close to 250 yards receiving, three touchdowns. I think Carolina gets the win at Virginia. Um, but, again, it's one of those ones that I'll believe when I see it. What do you think, John?
5: I trusted Slagle. He said Staples with a 75% chance. Did you say 65%, Jason?
2: I said 65 oh, he's, ma- he's making Slagle. a joke about my uh, about the prior pick.
5: I trusted Slagle. He let me down there. Um, my pick for this one is a UNC win, although I do want to give a shout-out to Keaton Thompson from Virginia, who's my favorite player probably on any ACC school because he plays like six different positions. He's very fun to watch. Can you give me Ross and Adams as well? Oh, uh,
3: Adams got it as a loss, Ross, Martin as a win. This and, is the uh, Noah
0: Taylor game.
3: Oh, yeah, that's right. How does Noah Taylor play going home? Um, how hey, does- John,
4: the uh, the fun thing about Keaton and Thompson is that Bronco listed him as football player.
3: Football player. <laughs> uh, they <laughs> had three guys as that football players. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't he 99 or they don't have a nine. That's great too. He's like, what position you play? All of them. What's your number? 99. Uh, Let's go. He's a fifth year as well. So he might be like 26 years old at this point. (laughs) Who knows? uh, He's one of them guys. He's played every position on the field, like at least one game. All right. This is this game coming up in week 11 for North Carolina. Um, And Greg, I'll start with you first on this one. This is one of those ones where, everybody's healthy. I'm picking Wake Forest without question. Um, it's time for them to, to finally get over that against Carolina. Um, you know, they, they, they have literally snatched a defeat out of the jaws of victory twice against Carolina. Um, and in pretty incredible fashion, both ways, but Greg, it all depends, I think on Hartman's availability and Hartman's, um uh, status and I think he'll probably be back but is he the same guy because I think he's pretty I I think he is the best quarterback in the conference when healthy
4: I agree and I I think with the game being that late in the season there is expectation that he will return Uh, will he have enough games under his belt to kind of get up to his previous form is the question Uh, and yeah I think it was 17 points they were down in the third quarter and then a year later 21 points they were down in the third quarter and Sam Howe did Sam Howe things and led Carolina to victories in both games, which is just ridiculous. Um, I agree with you. I think this is, this is a game that's going to be tough for Carolina. Uh, if Hartman's healthy, Wake Forest's offense will be jacked. It'll be one of the best in the country. Um, Brad Lambert, you know, he did great things at Charlotte, building that program, did great things at, at Marshall, as well as at Purdue. Clawson's brought him back to Wake Forest to to re-energize that defense because that defense was really bad last year and really the year before. Um, So I think that defense will be a lot better. They do have a lot of veteran pieces coming back. Uh, I think think Wake's good. Uh, I think the Atlantic Division has three really good teams. That's a better division than the Coastal this year. Uh, And so I got Wake Forest winning this game against the Tar Heels.
0: Uh, Vip, what you got? Yeah, I agree with Greg. I think Sam Hartman is the difference in this game. Uh, I made a note of it. Like, you go back to last year, and that's a game North Carolina probably probably should lose before Sam Howell starts doing Sam Howell things. And it, it's just like, Clawson, Clawson has Wake Forest going to like seven straight bowl games. They 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 have no business really being that good for for their enrollment and for for their history in the conference. I think he always gets uh, a ton out of his team. You look at his team every year. The the narrative is is how old they are, it's just it's just like redshirt seniors after redshirt seniors ready to play. I have North Carolina losing this game at Wake Forest. Just it goes back to uh, if Sam Hartman's healthy, I think they have the quarterback edge, which is kind of unfair because North Carolina's quarterbacks really. Haven't had the chance to show much yet, Um, but you have to find losses somewhere in the schedule, and I'm going a loss at Wake.
3: Jason, what do you think? I mean, we we talk about how um, experience and old guys or good old guys are better than good young guys and all that. Wake Forest has always had that. I I do find it interesting, though, that COVID has um, sort of Wisened up or olden up some teams, not named Wake Forest. Carolina's got some old guys on the roster now, some COVID year guys. But Wake Forest, Sam Hartman, um, whether or not he plays week eleven in Winston, which
2: got so uh, this is a toss-up game for me. I've got it a fifty percent uh, win probability, but uh, I'm gonna, I'm again, I'm looking for losses. And if there's if there's a a, a game where I think they're just in terms of matchup wise and all of that, I'm not real comfortable. This is one of those uh, because I think Wake Forest is going to be able to score. Now, I do think Wake Forest defense is sneaky bad. Uh, they weren't very good defensively last year, and you could see that in what Carolina was able to do with them do against them offensively last year. But I think this is one of those games where, again, I'm looking for for losses on the on the on the on the season in terms of getting to the final record that I think they're likely to get get to. And this is basically a coin flip. It's at Wake Forest. And Wake Forest has a really good experienced quarterback. So I'm going to put this down as a loss. And uh, 50%, uh, or you could say, how about 49% win probability on this just to, to make that uh, a loss.
3: John, just for the record, Adam and Ross both had this as a loss for North Carolina. Buck, you're up. Carolina at Wake. Um, once upon a time was another one of those games that was a gimme a gimme Carolina game back in the day um, not so much lately um, even though I do think Jason's point about the defense could tip the scales here
1: that's certainly a possibility and I think for you know we're all going to assume that Sam Hartman is back and and 100% if that's true that, that changes the complexion of the game um, another road game and North Carolina has got to turn that road game, uh, disaster of, uh, 2021 around a going winless air. So, um, and I think their, their offense is not just good with Hartman and receivers, but their offensive line is going to be really good as well. So, um, uh, they're not going to be, if they lose, it's not going to be because they suffer in the trenches. It'll be a good matchup for North Carolina's defensive line as well. They're just a decent, decent defense from Uh, away from being even better than they were last year so um last two years these two teams have combined for 225
0: points (laughs) cfl this is Uh, is another game just take the over whatever it is uh, (laughs) (laughs) and uh you know
1: if you if you have a game against a team then every year it's a shootout you know Sooner or later, you're going to be the slowest person on the draw. Um, and so I've got North Carolina losing this one. Uh, who knows? I think it'll be close because the other two games where they combined for 225 points, still close games. So, um, but one last thought about this, this is the second of the three games where the FPI and the SP Plus disagree. And just to show you how close everybody thinks this game is, Jason said 50%. Well, the FBI favors Wake Forest by a point, and (laughs) SP Plus favors North Carolina by 1.3 points. So that's just how close everybody believes this game will be this year. Uh, I've got Wake Forest winning that game, though, uh, because I think sooner or later, your luck's going to run out. Your luck's going to run out in some of these shootout games.
2: Yeah, Buck. If there's one thing I know, you know it's shootouts. Given, uh, given your love of tombstone,
1: that's absolutely right. I'm your I, Huckleberry.
2: I'm your
3: Huckleberry. I. Uh, it's
2: just my I, game.
3: I, I um. I I agree with what you said right there, Buck. At some point, uh, the holster sticks a little bit, and I think uh, the Battle of the Sams the last couple of years went to Carolinas. And uh, all things considered, and all things being healthy. I think Wake Forest wins this game in Winston. Now you change the game if if Sam Hartman's not playing. So that's my my take there. John Bowman, what you got?
5: I mean, you were dangerously close there to nine and one UNC. Uh, so you're you're eight and two right now. My take is a UNC loss as well, assuming Sam Hartman is fully healthy. And himself, I think he's one of the most exciting players to watch in the ACC and has such a command of that offense. Um, Really fun to watch. So I'm picking Wake Forest here.
3: All right, let's move on, Georgia Tech. And, look, I'm going to shout out some people in the chat. Look, if you come into the chat and talk junk about Carolina fans and the people that are in there, you're probably going to get removed from the chat. So just consider the audience and all we love to have opposing fans in the chat. It is flattering. I personally wouldn't be in the inside pit message board chat, but if you want to come and talk football, that's cool. You just can't talk smack to the fans. Um, Everybody good? We good? Let's go. Georgia Tech. Ross and Adam have this a win. I have this a win. Let's go through this one fairly quickly. But for last year, is there anybody here that would have any problem with picking Carolina winning
0: this game? Vip, you can go first. Uh this is gonna be a win. This is uh, <laughs> this, this kind of goes back to the point I was making earlier. Like it's it's year four for Mac Brown. He he's been hyping up this coaching staff all all offseason, that this is the most together they've been. Carolina has a, a sizable talent advantage. These are the games Carolina has to win. There there's too many, there's too many toss ups in the schedule to lose a game that should be a layup, and and Georgia Tech should be a layup. Buck, you agree?
1: Uh, Taylor makes an excellent point there. It's something we should talk about more. By my count, North Carolina is playing six teams whose the the over and under on their wins for the season is 8.5. Wow. Six teams that are picked to win – eight and a half games or nine games if you if you're successful on the over so when you're facing those that many teams that are i mean we're not playing any alabamas or georgias or any of those teams but the teams we are playing are teams that are capable of winning nine games so when you have a game like georgia tech this year or florida state last year or any number of games where uh, North Carolina has basically crapped the bed against an opponent that they should have easily handled. Um, that doesn't make for a very successful season and, and if North Carolina needs a successful season. They need to get there by beating teams like Georgia tech and beating them the way they're supposed to beat them.
3: I agree. Greg, John staples. Are we all in agreement? Carolina wins home against Georgia tech. I guess, um, I guess the biggest question is Jeff Collins, the coach, when, when Georgia Tech comes to Chapel Hill, November 19th.
4: Yeah. Can I, can I go off on a little bit of a tangent here?
3: Um, we love as, Greg Barn tangents.
4: As a Georgia Tech administration, what are you doing? <laughs> like, what, what is the expectation? Listen to this. This is, this is how Georgia Tech's schedule starts. Clemson, Western Carolina. I'll give you that. Ole Miss at UCF and at Pitt. And this is how the schedule ends, at Florida State, at Virginia Tech, Miami, at North Carolina, at Georgia. Collins
1: might be on the beach with a a banana daiquiri at that point, though, (laughs) until the end of the season.
4: They knew in December that Georgia Tech was going to be lucky to win four games this year. So what are you doing? I I don't (laughs) understand that at all. I don't understand. I mean, because if this is his hot seat season, the guy had no chance. No chance.
3: I agree. So we'll chalk that up as a win for Carolina against Georgia yeah, Tech. This great. is a
2: bad Georgia Tech team. I mean, the, uh-huh. the, the the guys on that team that were worth anything left, <laughs> minus, minus yeah. like two or three guys. So, I mean, I'll just say this. If they lose to this Georgia Tech team, that is a very, very damning thing for the Mac Brown era. So that's a – you know, this is a – 90% game for me, Carolina wins this game.
3: Right. Wins for everybody. Wins for everybody all around. Uh, the only reason those guys didn't leave is the bus was full. They couldn't get a seat on the bus, Jason, leaving town. Uh, look, this is the Inside Carolina Prediction Show. I see Slagle, uh, is optimism uh, kind of ran out the window last year, Slagle. Uh, now it's the Show Me State um, here at the Inside Carolina Podcast. And now we're to – Uh, a little game that involves Carolina and NC State. Uh, Friday after Thanksgiving, um, if you believe the hype, um, as Carolina fans did last year, State could be pretty good. Uh, I don't know where I'm going to start. I'm going to start with Buck because I want to get the legends on the front and the back end of this pick. But, Buck, I'll start with you first. Carolina, NC State. I don't know where uh, Carolina will be. At this point in the season, I've got them eight and two, I think, or nine and two right here looking at the uh, the picks we've gotten. But, Buck, Carolina State, Friday after Thanksgiving, what you got?
1: Well, uh, before I forget it, which I'm prone to do at, at uh, my stage of life, uh, Bowman, if you might want to put up Josh Tyree's question in, in the chat um, about the offense and defense at UNC, and we'll talk about that maybe to close the show. Um as far as NC State goes, um, I think NC State is a better team than North Carolina. Um, they certainly have, at this stage of the uh, proceedings, they've got a better quarterback in, in Devin Leary. We don't know um, how well North Carolina's quarterback is is going to play, and Leary was thirty five touchdowns, eight interceptions. That's a Sam Howell year, um, and they're they're. 12th nationally in returning production 81 percent. they bring back almost everybody they're good on both sides of the ball they were top 30 in offense and defense last year and they went nine and three a year ago they don't have many weaknesses they did lose uh icky on the left side which is going to be a loss for you know that's going to be something they're going to have to compensate for um and their, their running game was 13th in the acc last year and they lost their number two back. I don't know how well their offensive, uh, their running game will be next year. Um, but even with all these positives, you know, with the North Carolina State game making that matchup, um, the FBI has them ranked nine spots lower than UNC. I don't know how that, how they figure that um, came up with that ranking, but. Uh, North Carolina's 19th and, uh, NC state's 28th. Um, the S and P plus reverses that and ranks from state 18th and UNC 34th. Um, so I'm going to pick North Carolina to win, uh, spoiler alert that's over with, uh, but why would I pick UNC to win? Oh. because I do think NC state has a better team because when North Carolina and NC state plays, it doesn't matter who has a better team. Um, it's, it's all about who wants to win it the most. And, you know, I think, um, the one thing that Mac Brown can do to, uh, keep the UNC fan base in his corner is to beat NC state. And he has a good history of focusing on those kinds of rivalries and state rivalries. Um, but to my and my final point here is there's just not that much daylight between the two teams. Uh, that this is the third game. Uh, this schedule that the FPI and the S&P Plus disagree. Um, the FPI has North Carolina as a uh, four and a half point favorite, which is weird if you think about it, and even state ranked 13th in a nation in the AP poll. But the FPI has them as UNC as a a four-and-a-half-point favorite. But the SP Plus has State as a uh, 1.2-point favorite. So I'm still going to pick North Carolina because I think they'll ultimately end up winning this game. I think the offense will have time to get get its act together, it being the 12th game of the season. So UNC finishes the season with a win
3: over NC State. There it is, Vip, Carolina and State. How
0: much does last year's game matter in this year's game? Um, I don't think it matters. Um, but going off uh, a point Buck was making earlier with North Carolina's like strength of schedule, this is going to be the, the fifth preseason top 25 team that UNC plays. Uh, that's second most in the country. Only Mississippi State plays more. NC State is returning like... 16 17 starters, it looks like. Um, and you know, this, this feels like it's the third time, uh, since he's been here, um, in Raleigh that this is supposed supposedly Dave Doran's best team. Um, but I think North Carolina wins this game. Uh, since Mac Brown has been back, he, he seems to have put a, a huge emphasis on this game where. The the talk with this game is always is always the toughness. Which team kind of bullies the other at the at the point of scrimmage? Um, and since Mac Brown has got back, you look at what they did twenty nineteen. They they ran all over them, ran them out of the building. Twenty twenty, they uh, did they play yeah. twenty twenty? Yeah, beat them in the, beat them in Chapel
3: Hill, didn't they? No, they played yeah. them. Wrong. I can't remember.
0: Yeah. Uh, 2020 they won okay yeah they 48 21 and then two touchdowns in in 26 seconds which i'm pretty sure still left a a really bad taste and anybody who cares about carolina football um what happened in carter finley last year um but outside of that 26 seconds this has been a, a rivalry that has been shifting towards unc towards chapel hill um and, and the recruiting kind of shows that. I think NC State has a talented team, but I think that this is a game that Mac Brown can kind of rally the troops and have North Carolina prepared to win. And just coach up the onside kicks, coach up the deep balls, and try to get out with a win. Unbelievable. Jason, you're laughing about that.
3: Hey, you recover an onside kick, and none of this state hype is happening this year, I don't think. Greg might say differently in just a second. But – Carolina and Chapel Hill against NC State. I love Taylor's point about outside of 25 seconds or a minute and a half or whatever you want to say, Carolina's dominated this rivalry um, for the most part in the last three years. But it don't matter if you can't close the deal. What happens this year?
2: So this is one place where I disagree with El Jefe. Uh, he, he said right up front that he thinks that NC State is the better team here, and I'm not sure I agree with him. They're certainly
1: T-bone wreck on on paper.
2: On paper. And I'm not sure about that. Uh, You know, I think it's interesting. They're the more hyped team. But, and and look, Leary is a good quarterback. I'm not sure that by the end of the year, Leary is going to be the better quarterback on the field. So that's number one. He's a good player, but I think Carolina by the end of the year is going to have a really good player taking snaps. Uh, so I think that basically evens that out, or or you know maybe even flips that. But the other thing for me is I look at the NC State offense, and you know Buck, you pointed out they they lost a lot in terms of of uh, you know Ek on the uh, on the outside uh, at at that left tackle position. They lost one of the best tackles in the country. They lost their I think two best running backs, and they weren't that good running the football to begin with. And then the bigger loss to me is that they lost the guy who was responsible for, for those big plays down the sideline. And, you know, what's that? Yeah. Amezi is gone. And he he's been the guy that has been the biggest thorn in everybody's side who's played NC state the last few years. He was a really good player and I'm just not, you know, they've got some guys. Yes. I'm not sure that they that they that anybody realizes how tough it's going to be for them to replace Messi. Uh, and I think defensively they're going to be really good. But I don't think they're defensively in a whole different world than what Carolina at the end of the season should be as well given the talent level in Chapel Hill. So you're looking at at at, at two teams that are going to line up and be pretty close to even. But I think Carolina is actually the deeper team on the line of scrimmage and is actually more well-equipped to go into this game and be the bully, which is what this game is going to be about. I think Carolina is going to have the better running game, and I think they're going to win the line of scrimmage, and I think that's going to be enough to win this game. So I've got Carolina winning this game. I've got it only at about a 60% chance of, of winning, but I think Carolina is it should be favored in this game at this point in the season.
3: All right, Greg Barnes.
4: Yeah, I, I agree with a lot of what's already been said. Uh, Buck and I have talked for 20 years about this particular rivalry, and one thing that, that tends to play out is that the team that, that dominates the run game typically wins. And last year, Carolina outgained State 297-113. to 113. And yet, because of a couple fluky minutes there at the end, they somehow lost. Uh, Jason brings up a, g- a lot of good points there. I, I do think State's got a good team. Defensively, they'll be stout. I think Devin Leary probably is better than he gets credit for in some circles, and then he gets a little bit of hype uh, at the national level. But local, it seems like he's kind of undervalued. Um, but they got a lot to replace, as Jason laid out offensively. Uh, I, I think they'll lose to Clemson early and that they won't be able to make this a, a game that really matters for them outside of the rivalry aspect. I think that plays in Carolina's hands. And then just the embarrassment of what happened last year really works in Carolina's favor. And look, we can talk about app state. We can talk about Virginia tech. We can talk about at Charlottesville. Mack Brown needs this game more than probably any other game on the schedule because of what happened last year. And to really go into the postseason with a positive vibe Uh, because we're not talking about 2023 right now, but this is the staging area. The 2022 season is the staging area for what should be a fantastic 2023 season. There's no reason for it not to be with how this team has recruited. Um, And if you lose this type of game against a rival, uh, I think that really slows momentum going into the postseason into the offseason. So I think it's a very important game for Mac. I think the players understand that. I think the program understands that. Um, I mentioned earlier, I thought the Pittsburgh game was a 50-50 toss up. I think this one is too, uh, but because I picked Carolina to lose the pit, I've got Carolina beating NC State in this one. Uh,
3: Greg Barnes, everybody. That's why Greg Barnes is the best, remains the best. Uh, Adam Smith has Carolina beating NC State. Ross Martin has Carolina losing to NC State. John, uh, let's bring in one person that wants to get in on this show badly. I think he's he's just off stage. I think you guys on this chat right here know him. Uh, John, can you bring in this young fellow? Hello, Greg- hello. <laughs> Gregory Hall. Hey, Gregory. You you got a lot of talent on stage. Um, I so- know. What?
2: Is that the Hotel California?
3: That is a... I, yeah, pretty much is where I live. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great wall. It's almost like Taylor's room. I mean, you need the lighting that Taylor has. Give us your picks, Gregory. We've been on here a long time. I know you've been wanting to get in. I asked you to come join us. Uh, what you got? Carolina's final record. And uh, what are the big games and how does it play out? Games like NC State,
6: Wake Forest, Notre Dame. They're three and one after non-conference. App game is, like you guys said, it's it's down to the wire, but it's a good, it's a good game. UNC pulls it out. Um, I said in the chat, if Notre Dame beats Ohio State, they kill Carolina. If Notre Dame loses to Ohio State, I think UNC has a better shot. I still don't think they win, um, but I think that kind of plays a – Plays a role there, kind of like the the Alabama effect, so to speak, as far as that first game of the season what was it was it Miami that played Alabama week one a couple years ago, and it just completely just destroyed their season. So something that like that,
4: Florida State as well too. Yeah, It to yeah, destroyed exactly. Florida
6: State's program. But anyway, <laughs> um, and then I'm I was going back and forth between obviously the three conference games are important, are Miami, Pitt, and Wake. And I, I've, I've given like every single scenario as to what I think might happen. And I, I decided that UNC is going to beat Miami on the road. They're going to lose to pit at home and they're going to lose to wake on the road. And then both UNC and NC state are nine and two going into that final game. But the only thing that gives you, or there's a lot of things that give UNC the advantage home field advantage, senior day advantage, and unc will actually if they win that game have a chance if not it might give them the coastal win whereas if state wins that game i think just with clemson they still don't get to win the atlantic title so i don't think you state will have a chance at the atlantic title and i think unc will have a chance at the coastal title despite equal records so three and one finishing nine and three um with a Chance if tiebreakers work their way against Miami or against uh Pitt, so to speak. I think it'll be UNC and Pitt six and two in the conference, and then I'm not sure the tiebreaker might go to Pitt there, but we'll we'll see.
3: Gregory Hall, everybody,
6: appreciate it, Gregory. I think oh, and uh, UNC is going to get 40 sacks this year. How, How many, many did, I, did? I can't I can't put that voodoo on him this year. I uh, yeah, Don't, made don't, my don't my you put that on, evil on him, Gregory. Uh, ex- don't I, you put that evil on him. Exactly. So I've got, I got I went with the team over under 39 and a half sacks. I'm taking the over. So I'm out. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks, Gregory. Great, Great seeing safe. you,
2: Gregory. Great seeing you, Gregory.
3: <laughs> he, he has caught as much uh for that pick as I have for twelve and oh. All right, guys. I've got Carolina beaten state, uh John. I think I think this is a nine and three regular season team. So I've got a loss in there somewhere. I'm gonna do like Jason said. I think they're gonna be ten and two, but they actually end up nine and three. (laughs)
2: Um,
3: So 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 you pick
2: ten and two, but they're gonna be nine and three.
3: (laughs) Somehow they're gonna end up being. They're gonna win ten games, but end up being nine and three. Uh, John, what's your pick?
2: I've got
5: this as a win for North Carolina, putting them at seven and five for the year. I don't think NC State's very good. I think the fact that they didn't have a bowl game last year and they got to sort of create their own narrative from the bowl season, is really helped them this off season. I think UNC wins this game. Also, quick shout out, Jason, I added up all your percentages. So you have a little bit of a math, a math number here as well, getting some advanced statistics here on the inside Carolina
2: yep. show 8.34 so that you know I've got them as an eight win team but they're I think they're closer to a nine win team than a seven win team which is you know when I went through and I win I did my win shares on my own uh in preparation for this that was that was what I came out to so folks is that, asked, is
1: that Adam Smith that's got UNC at six and four it's uh eight and four.
2: Eight four eight oh eight and four okay gotcha Eight right. and four
1: for Adam. That his his uh, race time would have been looking bleak for him. Eddie,
3: <laughs> oh shots fired, uh, Adam. I hope you're listening. Uh, know your audience, buddy. Uh, no, Adam's got them eight and four. Ross seven and five. John seven and five. I'm 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 the optimist, but you've been calling me the eternal pessimist. I'm the eternal optimist.
1: You have been for two years in a row. But the funny thing about Tommy is he always was the IC pessimist and. Now all of a sudden I don't know what he's been drinking, but ever ever
0: since the live chat, really good bourbon. The live chat gets him going.
3: I know I'm I'm really susceptible to peer pressure. (laughs) Um, I'm that guy at the club that'll drink any drink somebody buys me. Uh, So yeah, ten and two for me, Greg. Eight and four, Taylor. Nine and three, Jason with his maths. Eight and four, Buck. You're at nine and three. Let's let's close out this show. We've been going for almost two hours. Um, ACC championship game, Greg. Who's in it?
4: Uh, I have Pittsburgh and Clemson, with Clemson winning the ACC yet again.
0: Vip,
3: what you got, ACC championship game?
0: I have uh, the U versus Clemson, Clemson winning.
3: Buck, ACC championship. Hmm. Um,
1: well, you know, I've got North Carolina going 6-2 and two in the ACC, I think. Um, so, I think that – would put them in the coastal division uh, as a coastal division champion. So it would be Clemson versus uh, UNC and uh, North Carolina recovers a um,
3: onside kick kick, uh, uh, to win. And after review, they find that he was not (laughs) offside. Jason, is is this still Clemson's league?
2: Yeah, it's Clemson's league this year. Still, I think uh, I think they're 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 the best team still in this conference. Uh, I think the Pitt UNC game is for the is for the Coastal Division championship. I'd agree with that. So, uh, you know, I think I think part of the problem is that, that Miami plays Clemson cross division, and I think Florida State Florida State's going to give Miami all they can handle as well this year. I think that's a coin flip game for 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 Miami. So they've got a coin is flip a, against
1: is that in Tallahassee.
2: Yeah. Or no, that's actually in hard rock. Okay. Um, but that, you know, historically has been more Florida state fans in there anyway. So, um, but, uh, but I think that's a coin flip game for them. And then, uh, and then I think the Clemson game, they're going to lose, which then sort of puts the balance of, of the benefit in terms of scheduling this year to, to pit and UNC, I've got UNC losing that game in terms of, you know, my picks for the, for the season. But of course, Carolina with a 60% chance of winning that game. But I think whoever wins that game is, uh, is going to be the, uh, the coastal division representative. So since I officially picked Pitt, I'm going to go with, uh, with Clemson versus Pitt and Clemson, Clemson wins the conference.
3: I guess if I've got them 10 and two with Notre Dame being one of those losses, they're <laughs> seven and one. They're in the ACC championship game. And, uh, Playing against Clemson, and um, as long as a couple guys in stripes I know aren't on the field, I think they, to Buck's point, they get that onside kick, um, and they go on to a miracle. Mac Brown, they'll be doing a Mac Brown statues outside Kenan Stadium. No, I seriously, I think Carolina can get there. I will have to see it to believe it. Tommy,
5: Tommy, are you projecting college football playoff for UNC? Is that what I'm hearing?
3: Not only on your – I saw your shorts on NCAA 14. Yeah, they won the national championship back-to-back on the video game. I believe when I see it, Mac Brown's got to actually get it done. Um, I I think the less hype, the better for this North Carolina team. But I think uh, there's opportunities, and I think the defensive line makes a huge difference for this team. So I'm going to close the show and let everybody get in just briefly before we get out. Josh Tyree, we've been holding the question for a long time. Carolina's offense has dominated the, the the stat sheet for Carolina over the years. Greg, with the injuries, um, and we'll throw in with the recruiting, do you think this is the year Carolina's defense can actually be the difference maker and be better, if, if, if we want to call it that, than the offense this year? No. Good point. Buck, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: th- I think this is an interesting conversation to have in terms of as we go through and, and rate the matchups, you know, North Carolina against Pitt, Pitt's going to be more of a ground game kind of thing. Um, I just wonder, and it would, I I think it would be a good thing if it was possible for North Carolina to be built so that they were able to win one of these rock fight games, you know, where it's, you know, 7-7 7-7 at half, 10 at half, and then win, you know, twenty one seventeen or whatever. Could that happen if North Carolina's defense does turn out to be, take a significant leap forward? Because, like, we're, we're evaluating the Wake Forest game, and we assume it's going to be a shootout. But what if it's not? You know, those kinds of things, I think, come into play for this season perhaps more more than in previous seasons.
3: It's interesting. Taylor, what do you think? Last questions. Jason's ready to go. I, I sense uh, uh, the uh, Dr. Strangelove room is closing down. But, Taylor, is this the defense? Defense year right here.
0: The defense is not going to be better than the offense. If If the defense is better than the offense, I think that means that Carolina is is a, a top twenty five team pretty easily. Since Phil Longo has been here, his his average uh, scoring offense is twenty first in the country. I don't really get the the complaints and the criticism when a lot of people talk about Phil Longo when he's he's produced a top twenty five offense. It's been the defense that has been trending backwards. They were a hundred and eighth in the country last year. I think it would be a a major win if. Coach Chiswick could get this defense Into the top half of the country So like the uh, the 60th, the 50 to 60th Range, I would take that as A massive win for North Carolina because I think Phil Longo has kind of proved That his offense is a, a plug And play type offense and Jason's Kind of talked about it that he's not really worried about the, the quarterback position, this North Carolina team has kind of emphasized That they're not worried about the quarterback position So I think North Carolina is going to have A top 25 offense I'm a huge believer in Coach Chiswick, but I don't think he's turning uh, water to wine. He's not walking on water. He's it's, it's still a defense that I think is it's going to be a, a fight to get them in in the top 50 type range.
2: Interesting.
3: Interesting take. Listen, folks, we've got uh, – no, go I'm, I'm going to jump
2: in. I'm going to jump in. Uh-oh. I actually do think that this defense – if this defense talent-wise – if this defense does not turn out in the top forty, then then there's there's still problems in terms of the the, the messaging and the coaching staff and all of that. Uh, you know, in terms of overall coaching and in a variety of things, there's not as much to undo as what you know folks might think, uh, given how bad they were last year. If they stay reasonably healthy, if they can if they can stay healthy at the cornerback position, I think this is a top thirty top thirty five defense or so which is around, you know, I think the offense should be in the around 30th or so as well. So I think the defense should be based on talent and just the growth of experienced talent over last year, where last year, I, you know, my warning going into the year is that the hype might be a year early and there was a lot of inexperience and then they got hit with injuries. This year, if they can stay healthy, I think the defense is going to be in the round the same tier. I don't know that it'll be better. I, I think you know the interesting question is I've got some real questions about the uh, the wide receivers and the ability to to make make uh, make plays downfield other than Josh Downs. So you know that may be a limiting factor, a major limiting factor for the offense where they take a step back because they they just don't have the the guns on the outside that they've had. But you know with the Antoine Smith injury and all of that, or uh, Ant- Antoine Green. Uh, injury. I did it again with the Antoine green injury uh, at this point, you know, that that's going to slow the offense down some, I think this, this defense is going to be right around as good as the offense this year, maybe just a tick behind, but I think they will be competitive.
0: If this is a top 30 defense, Bill Chizik statue.
2: Well, I don't think, but see, I don't think it's as simple as that. I think it's a matter of, you've got all of that talent that is now two and three years on campus instead of being one and two years on campus, one of which was a, was a COVID year where they weren't really able to learn and, and, and do all the strength and conditioning that you want. Basically, he's walked into a loaded cupboard and it should be a major improvement defensively just by virtue of, of the personnel maturing and getting a couple of the guys back from injury that they're getting. I think it's going to be you know, top 40, top, you know, somewhere around 35th nationally defensively at the end of the year. Folks want to know why I pick them
3: ten and twos because I listen to Jason. <laughs> it's been the. I'm insane. sorry to
1: have brought that up, but you we know we're <laughs> an hour and fifty three minutes into this podcast, but it just seemed like a really important uh, point that uh, uh, Tyree was bringing up there.
3: And, and I agree, and I think it's something we'll talk about all year. Um, next week we'll. we'll try to do a little over under stuff maybe on the game plan podcast next week we we haven't done the over under i think over under wins eight and five or eight eight point five for carolina and i'm going over um but guys it's been fun i know you guys have have had a long day we made a little bit longer two hour inside carolina prediction (laughs) pod um you know, I can't remember the last time we sat together for two hours ever. That's how we roll in the prediction pod. Though. And I
1: That's and insane. I wasn't
2: even the you know on my in my monologue mode ex- until that last bit. Yeah, right without over.
3: that, it would have been three hours. <laughs> <laughs> Greg Barnes, Taylor Vipolis, John, you're always awesome producing these things. Uh, shout out to Adam Smith and Ross Martin for submitting their picks and getting in on it. Gregory Hall for jumping in, and of course Johnny T-shirt and El Jefe, Buck Sanders for joining us um look be on the lookout for bucks column in the morning be on the lookout for this podcast on itunes spotify however you get it and also check us out on youtube subscribe like review always the good stuff uh next saturday we'll be in the bowls lot from five to seven you want to come out and see us there guys it's always a pleasure appreciate it thanks tommy